Austin Davis, Josh McCown, yes they've had two McCowns. Shaw, Hoyer, Campbell, oh f it's Manziel. Whitehurst, Kessler, RG3 on IR, and probably as I sing this song they're gonna find another one. We can be the QB, but only briefly. The Browns are a dumpster fire. You know the season's done when they're in week one. It's Maddie and Patty, coast to coast. Welcome back to the Cleveland Sports Hour. We are two self-aware but unapologetic homers who spend far too much time watching, reading, and thinking about the Cavs, the Tribe, and almost exclusively the Browns right now. What the what the fuck is happening? They're no longer a dumpster fire. So if you like the informed, intelligent Cleveland fans' perspective on all things, you've come to the right place. In New York, this is world champion Pat McMenamin from... Are you still in San Francisco, Maddie? Still in San Fran for another San 10 days. Fran. Joined by fellow world champion Matt Younger. Say hello, champion. Hey, champ. How you doing, buddy? All right, buddy. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Maddie, we're going to talk about the Browns today. Oh, yeah. Most of the history of this podcast, we've avoided them at all costs. Like the plague. Oh, God. But now this is the second episode in a row in which the Browns are the main event. The Browns uh, began the season getting pantsed by the Ravens, 38-6. to But now they are 9-3 and three on the precipice of the playoffs. Real weird, Playoffs. Man. 2020, bro. With a chance to essentially clinch both a playoff berth and simultaneously end the Ravens season. What is happening? Now... I have made no secret, Maddie, that I have been only watching the Browns on Twitter since last year's disaster. But I'll have you know that lately, I have also been listening to the Browns on the radio. Jimmy so now that I've upgraded to 1930s technology, obviously I'm more than qualified to analyze the Browns right now. That said, the Browns being this close to the playoffs to me is a special occasion. I think we could use some help. So, boy, do we have a treat for you, dear listeners, all the way from the motherland. The North Coast, quite literally, on the banks of the burning Cuyahoga River. Please welcome famed offensive line guru, Uncle Granty. Okay. Happy Hanukkah, boys. It's great to be back. I'm Maddie and Patty. <laughs> Shabbat Shalom. Well, no, it'll be two days. Not really. I mean, it will be when I, when I post this. It'll be Friday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Uncle Granty, thank you so much for joining us in this special edition of a podcast where we can actually talk about the Browns without being depressed. Yet. Uh, you'll be at the game on Monday night. Just tell me right now, what is it like in Cleveland right now with the Browns being not horrible? Well, it's a thrill. You know, the people are excited, except they're all confined to their homes is the only problem. Interestingly enough, you know, I believe I will be at the game, but uh, there is a 10 p.m. curfew, COVID curfew. And there is no guarantee that the Browns game will be exempt from said curfew. Mm-hmm. So they might not have any fans at the stadium, or they might start at like three in the afternoon. That's wild. What are the cops uh, going to force that curfew for Browns fans? No way. Well, you know it's it's been strange. They're only having like twelve thousand fans in the stadium. Mm-hmm. So even when you drive by the stadium on a game day, there's no tailgating in the muni lot. There there are no lines to get into the stadium. Of course. So if the cops wanted to shut it down, I don't think they'd have a hard time doing it, honestly. It's a sad state of affairs. Jesus, man. That really, that stinks. I hadn't thought about the curfew at all as an issue here. Nope. I, 
that said, uh, Granty, this has all the classic symptoms of a uh, Browns really sitting the bed, doesn't it? They got our hopes up with that Tennessee win. We could yep. do what Patty said, the simultaneous guaranteed playoffs, essentially. I don't, I can't remember if that's a mathematical certainty. No, but, not yet, right? But, but effectively, we're in the playoffs with that win and scuttle the, the Ravens' chances. This feels like a embarrass ourselves doesn't it yeah this is the kind of game that you know classic bronze game where everything gets turned on its head you're coming in real high and then we lose by three or four touchdowns and we're down by 28 in the first quarter you know yeah. one of those dealies but i something different i think there's something different going on here yeah. Ooh. Well, I, let me ask you this grant we were so we lost we got we get our fucking asses kicked 38 to 6 the opening day now obviously there's a lot of things that go into that like it was our first game with a new coach uh coming out of covid training camp and all, all that stuff but how different are the browns and ravens really since the beginning of the season like what what's changed what's different what is so much different about this well the interesting thing you know i always felt that you can't really count on this browns team until they at least go 500 to division which means they're going to have to pick up a win against the ravens or the steelers mm -hmm. and the difference is that we have a young team, a first-year head coach, and there was effectively no training camp or preseason games. So I always thought, and I believe it's going to show up on Monday, that this team is going to improve uh, as the season goes on, whereas the Ravens were sort of a known commodity and they were going to stay the way that they were. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, before I, I had no expectation that be nine and three at this point, but I always thought, you know, I, I wasn't too alarmed by the drubbing that we took in, in week one. And I was interested in to see how much they improve in the second meeting in Cleveland. So I, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think they got a good shot. Um, and if they do win, uh, the Ravens are buried, which is such a great, you know, <sighs> feeling that the Browns can actually end their season. Uh, for all intents and purposes. It's too good. It's too it's good to be true. It has me scared. Uh, Patty, can I jump in a couple things? Uh, Absolutely, go for it. So, you know, what you were asking, what's different from the start of the seasons for the Ravens? One, they, people listening to this probably will know, but like they've been crushed by COVID. Yeah. And that's really messed with them for the last few weeks. The Browns have had touch, you know, they lost Garrett for a bit. Uh, we'll talk about this, but Teller's out, I think, this week, Granty. Um, so there's been there's been bits and pieces of it for, for the Browns, like a lot of teams, but the Ravens were just devastated by it. And the other thing that I think is different this, you know, people feel like uh, I know Lamar Jackson is certainly having a, he's not the MVP this year, or even in the conversation. Um, and the analysis I've heard is that they are the Ravens are down two big linemen from last year, right? Um, what's the guard's name? Yonda uh, that retired, and then um, I'm blanking on their tackles name. Stanley that got hurt and is out for the year. So I think there's a lot of people that think that that tie, like that that was a big loss for them that they haven't really made up this year, and is making Jackson look worse than he was, and maybe worse than he actually is in reality. Yeah, that, that, you know, uh, that's true that they're down those guys and that COVID's had their effect, but, you know, they're still tremendous running the ball. Um, and 
outside of last week, the Browns have had a lot of trouble. I'm, you know, but I think Taki Taki and uh, Mac Wilson both had their best games as Browns last week. Yeah, they looked great last week, didn't they? Taki Taki's been good for like a couple of weeks now, and he was terrible last year. So that, that's been really encouraging to see. Or they're here, re- I should say. They're reading the offense. They're reacting real quickly. Uh, I'm not sure if it was that new bear front that they put in last week, but I'm, I'm sure that you'll see it again on Monday night where they're bringing an extra guy into the box and, and bringing him down close to the action. I guess there's less decision-making for the linebackers mm-hmm. at that point, uh, which makes them move faster. But it, it's going to be that uh, Browns front seven trying to stop the Ravens rushing attack that's going to be the difference in the game. Well, that gets me to a good question, Grant. I mean, as as an offensive line you know, wunderkind, uh, I mean, you played with Nate Clements, I believe, right? In high school. I practiced. I practiced with Nate. That's true. Sure, sure. You, you play with Nate Clements in high school. <laughs> yeah, we practiced. Uh, and I mean, and people wonder, like, how does Nate Clements read the line of scrimmage so fucking well? How did he? How did he have a Pro Bowl career? It's because of everything he learned from you. I think that's all understood. Well, he was a, a cornerback, a defensive back, so I'm not sure how much he was doing at the line of scrimmage, but yeah, yeah sure. You're reacting to it. He knew, he knew how, to, how to, you know, read the snap and all that stuff, you know, whatever, hand-waving here. Uh, <laughs> no, but like, do the Browns have the best offensive line in football? One, and, and where where the fuck did Wire Teller come from? Yeah, I, I don't know what happened with Wyler Teller, uh, but he is having a, a, a great – a great season, and and you could really tell the impact he has when he was out those three games with that calf injury. Yeah, and then and then he came back, and they're they're running the ball so well. Uh, you know, I think you also have to give credit uh, to the running backs. Uh, they just really fight for extra yards, so that helps stack up. And they hit the holes hard. hard. Those guys are, are the two best runners that I've ever seen uh, with the Browns, and I I remember with the Kevin Mack or Ernest Biner years dating myself, but <laughs> I, I think these guys are, are just as good equal to them. And then Jedrick Wills has been exceptional. And, and, you know, that's really the key with successful teams is they hit on that number one draft pick. And I think we got our, our left tackle for the next 10 years if he avoids injury. So that's awesome. know, a lot to be optimistic about with that uh, offensive line and rushing attack for the Browns. And that said, Heller being out this week scares me. Yeah. I didn't see that. So he's he's hurt again. How bad is he, it? He, no, it's COVID. He went on the COVID. Oh, COVID, the COVID list. Uh, Fucking Christ. Damn, damn COVID. COVID. I think. Yeah, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Is uh is Ward playing this week? I don't think, I don't so. think it's been decided yet. Uh, okay. I don't expect that he'll play. God damn it. I gotta say, that gives me another question. I mean, how with with Ward out, how bad is this defense? I mean, we knew how bad it was without Ward and and uh, Garrett, but like, man, that secondary is rough. Without yeah, and, and Greedy Williams has played all year either. I mean, that's and been I think Harrison's out this week too, still, right? That's He's right. Yeah, there. shoulder. He's out for like four weeks, right? Yep. Yeah. I wanna I wanna come to the defense of uh, Sandejo. Granted, yeah. you and I were texting about this two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Since I was wondering Yeah, I mean, they're asking this poor guy to just do stuff that he, you know, isn't equipped to do. Yeah, bless him. You know, he's a 
he's a hell of, I mean, he's in the NFL. He's a hell of a football player, but you know, he, he's just not equipped to be a starting safety in the NFL, but he is going, I mean, he tries hard, you know, he makes he so much. Plays, but he moves fast. I mean, he's not, you don't really catch him second guessing himself. I guess that's all you can ask for a guy like that. Yeah. I feel like he's probably played the most snaps of anybody on that defense this year. My hand. He uh, could be, and he's uh, running on special teams still. He had a big interception uh, in the last game, right? It was the two games ago. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> he, did, he, he did his proud recently. That's all I remember. Because I, all, all I could do is, like, I, anyways, listen, I follow, I follow Sandejo on Twitter. Or I'm sorry, I follow the Browns, on, Browns games on Twitter. And all I see on Twitter is people just fucking saying, fucking Sandejo. Left and right, just ripping on him. He's rough. I mean, he grades out as like the worst or second worst safety in the league. <laughs> That's about right. For the year. And I, I mean, I appreciate what Grant's saying, right? Like, this is our choice to play him in this way exactly. and not been super beat up at that position, um, especially with Harrison going down now. Yeah. Um, boy, Granty, what have you thought about uh, Baker? Yes. You know, he, he's obviously he's come around a little bit. Um, you, you know, you could easily say that his problems were related to what is it like his fifth system in three years or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and he's just sort of getting comfortable. You know, there's also um, a learning curve for the coaches um, and Van Pelt needs to learn what Baker can do and make the right calls to make sure they're putting him in the best position to succeed. You know, they, they had a lot of success rolling him out. Um, I still think he's getting comfortable under center, you know, in college, I don't think he took one snap under center. Mm. Something that you have to do in the pros, especially when you're running the ball, like the Browns do. Um, So and he's also short too, you know, so it, it makes it difficult to just to sit back in the pocket when you're his height. Um, but I, I don't know if it's coaching or if they're just, you know, getting on the same page and he sort of just has a, they're sort of figuring out what works for them. Um, but I mean, that Titans defense is pretty good. And uh, that was one hell of a game he had last week. Mm. I gotta say, I'm 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 warming to him. Um, I, I I appreciate how he carries himself. I feel like he's there's a level of accountability that he brings every game. No excuse making, taking responsibility for the mistakes he made. Um, he's certainly not blowing the the the, the league away right now. But I, I I'm with you, Brandon. That I think like we have a coach and a coaching staff that is asking him to do what he can do and trying to maximize his talents in that spot. And he's willing to take a team approach to that, which is not, I think you've seen plenty of number one picks in the draft that have commercials airing all day on Sunday who would not accept that. And I don't, I don't know. I, I value it. And, and quite frankly, if underperformance means we can sign him to a below Max extension, um, and that's the thing that frees us up to sign Chubb and Ward and whoever else we need to lock up. Um, 
Maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, the, the Steph Curry special. Well, <laughs> if you can get him on the cheap, I think it's great. If you have to assign him to like a, you know, Russell Wilson, Joe Flacco deal. I mean, you saw what happened with Joe Flacco. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the, you know, uh, that that's going to be problematic. No, but that'll be interesting when the time comes. It's like it, it feels like we should not, like we absolutely should not do that. He's not worth that at this point. Um, but maybe that, like, how many of those contracts have really worked out? You know, outside of the Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and and, and Russell Wilsons of the world, um, I, I feel like he can reel off all the contracts where that was terrible for teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the recipe for success in the league is draft a good quarterback and another high price uh, piece like a, a edge rusher uh, or a shutdown corner or a left tackle draft them. And while they're on their rookie deals, if you can get them up to speed where they're playing at a high level on a rookie, mm-hmm. deal, you can fill in all the other pieces parts. I mean, that that's probably the best way to win a Super Bowl. Now, on top of having all those pieces in the right place, you also have to have a, an easy schedule. And I don't think we're ever going to see an easier schedule than this year. Yeah. It really broke for us, man. I mean, the NFC East is trash. Jesus. We could, I can't believe we got, we got two games against New York. Although the Giants, Patty, are not what they were. That's true. They're They're, they're playing a little better now, but – Quite a bit better. And you know who actually, Granty, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this. You know who's been good for them and might make the Pro Bowl is uh, Peppers. Peppers is a good player. You know, it's funny that you bring that up, right? Because, uh, you know, Peppers didn't have a lot of success because uh, what's his face? Bounty Gate. Greg Williams. Greg Williams again, didn't he? Yeah. He was 40 yards off the line of scrimmage. And then. The same week that you bring up how good Greg uh, Peppers is, Greg Williams is getting fired for you know doing an, a house blitz on a hail mary. Fucking idiot! I don't how get do it. We, how do we play that well with Greg Williams and fucking Freddie Kitchens running that team? That was that's Quite a, a miracle. Weird fucking season. So weird. Uh, I mean, that wasn't a that wasn't a professional coaching staff. You know, uh, no. I think th- that we realized that the following year. So, you know, I think that they just needed they it was like an emotional burst and, you know, everybody had it and they caught a little fire at the end of the year where Greg Williams was the interim coach. But, man, that was that was ugly last year. I mean, I mean, that's the other thing is like just seeing how good this coaching staff is like it. They seem to really have their fucking shit together. I mean, a ton of has to be said for Bill Callahan uh, with the offensive line, but also just the game plan that they have in place. I think the adjustments in the second half aren't necessarily necessarily great, but this is a complete game plan, and there is a real identity to the football team that seems to be really, you know, developing. And it's 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 a weird feeling to have a well coached football team to watch. Well, it's about time. And the other thing is, you know, Joe Woods hasn't been able to implement what he did in San Francisco either as a defensive coordinator, because he's usually has a, a really good safety right on his roster. And when Grant Delpit went out, I mean, that sort of took that away. So th- th- there's, there's reason to be optimistic that this defense is going to get substantially better next year. Yeah. I, I presume so. they'll draft for the defense next year too, right? 
Yeah. I mean, not that we'll be picking high, uh, no matter what, essentially at this point, but I, th I imagine that's where they're going to add. Mm -hmm. well, well, think, you know, if Greedy Williams comes back, all right, that's a cornerback that we need. Okay, we need to add one or two starting level cornerbacks. You know, Grant Delpit comes back. That's your safety uh, that you needed. Uh, we could probably use another edge rusher. Miles Garrett is having a, a holy a, shit defensive MVP. I mean, when when we were getting our feet under us, or us when the Browns were getting their feet under them, Miles Garrett was winning games by himself. Yeah. You know, he won like three games with strip sacks. Incredible. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that at the NFL level. Where, you know, people are talking about how he looks like Bruce Smith. Uh, and he does. He, yeah, he's, he's amazing. I'm so happy to have him on the team. If, if they put together, you know, a couple more winning campaigns here, he definitely has the potential to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh, I think there's no doubt about that. But you can't, like, I, I didn't text this to the group uh, at the end of that game, Grant, but the um, the non-call on the face mask on him. Oh, uh, my God. On the very, I guess, of the last, I think it was the last Titans touchdown. Yeah. He but to just it was like it's just like every like every so often he's just like now nah, I'm gonna get into a quarterback on this play. It, it was kind of like you know he was coming off of COVID too, so he's still getting his home back. You know I don't think he's 100 percent right now. No, you didn't. He wasn't. I I think I said that at one point. I was like, why isn't Garrett out there? And then I realized like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's still getting his act together. It's no joke. It, it's like a month of <laughs> before I felt normal. It's, yeah, Patty, you're a high-performing athlete. Tell us how yeah. it was. I, oh, I am. Thank you very much for for, for mentioning that. Uh, I, I am. I'm probably the highest-performing athlete in, in our group. But uh, you know, uh, <laughs> no, uh, no. It, it 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 takes a while. Like even just getting wind and walking up the stairs, it's like it's fucking crazy. So like, let alone being like at the top of your game, uh, Hall of Fame guy like Garrett. Jesus Christ, that's hard. Well, you're no slouch, Patty. What? You're no slouch, Patty. I mean, no, I, know, I, I understand. I'm a great uh, ultimate frisbee player, and, I, and my name will go down, go down in history at some point. Uh, I'm also better. Your, do you think all your listeners know about your COVID scare? I mean, you should probably, you know, tell them what happened. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's everyone's uh, had their own war scars, and you know, they don't they don't need to hear that. Uh, so I think I think uh, our our listeners are basically just our friends. So let's <laughs> stand here. <laughs> so Grant, one uh, prediction for Monday. I think uh, close game, um, and twenty-eight, twenty-four brownies. Woo! Oh, like Come that. In. twenty-eight points. Take the over. Take the over. I'm not even sure what the over/under is, but take it. Mm. What is the under? I'll look it up while we're talking. Yeah. I, I mean, this Ravens defense isn't what it used to be. Um, you know, I think, we'll, we'll, like I said, we're going to see how much this team has improved since week one. The offense is going to be clicking. Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to be confused by some of the more exotic lit looks that the Ravens defense brings them. So I, I think the Browns are going to be able to score. Unfortunately, I think the Ravens are going to be able to run the ball. They'll be able to score. You, you kind of want to make – I still think the game plan is to bring – crowd the box uh, and make 
Lamar Jackson beat you throwing the ball. Uh, yeah. And he can, he can do that. But if you got to pick your poison, stop the run. 46 and a half, granted. Yeah, take the over. So if you so already, if you think the Browns will win this weekend and you think the Browns are making the playoffs, do you think that regardless of what happens Monday? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that Jets game feels like a, a win. Steelers the last week of the season, they could be, I mean, who knows? They've been a bit of a paper tiger, in my opinion, all, all season. And I'd be shocked if the Chiefs didn't pass them. So they might actually have something to play for week 17 with us. Um, well, but also feel beatable. Only one team gets home field advantage this year. So if that's out of reach, they, they might be resting their guys. Oh, yeah. R- well, only one team gets the bye, but then they might be playing for who they want to play in the first round. I mean, first I think the, I don't really care what the standard – I think both teams are going to play hard. You know, it's Brown Steelers, and I think both teams will play. But but to that question, Maddie, uh, uh, let's talk through like one. What what is the current plan for the NFL playoffs? And two, do we think it's actually gonna gonna hold up that way? Are they not gonna switch to a uh, a bubble model with all this shit going on? I don't. I haven't. I haven't heard anything that feels credible to me that they're gonna go to a bubble. You know, they were considering going to <clears throat> excuse me eight playoff teams in each conference if mm-hmm. the season seriously if they lost games basically like if they ran into a nba situation where they just had to cancel the last few games mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like that's going to happen right now mm. um which means they'll go seven which was the plan pre-covid anyway that's not a covid plan that was their new model their new playoff format yeah. and, and really value the one seed um i you know i i We've said this before uh, amongst ourselves, I guess, but you know the NFL doesn't care about the health and safety of its players and cares about making money, and yeah. that is a situation ripe for just plowing through this, whatever happens. And that's been, the, you know, the, for God's sakes, they made the Broncos play without a quarterback two weeks ago. Fucking um, crazy, man. I don't. So I, my heavy suspicion is, while they could, if they cared about it, push the Super Bowl several weeks and build some more time in there, I think they're going to go full speed ahead. Mm. Grant, do you feel different? No, they're going to get him in. You know, the the only thing, uh, I think the NFL has enjoyed being able to put up games on Wednesday nights and Tuesday nights uh, where they can continue to dominate the television ratings. They've probably been not upset about that. Um, And the product, you know, aside from that Broncos game, has been pretty good still. Uh, I think so too. Yeah. I, I, I've been impressed for the most part. And honestly, not no fans there hasn't really bothered me from a home viewing experience. Nah. I, I found that true um, for the NBA too in the bubble. It didn't really bother me. So we'll see, you know, that's a different, that's a different Maddie and Patty is the, the future of live sports. So, so Grant, yeah. we think the Browns are going to make the playoffs. Um, I don't think they can win a Super Bowl. I think a no. team like the Chiefs would would destroy us. Um, but uh, assuming they do, how far do you think they can get? They can win a game? They can move to the second round? How far? I think, you know, if you're going to be real, 
you should be happy that they're going to have a winning season. Okay. And that, that's how I'm looking at it. It's safe yeah. right now. If you told me before the season start, we're going to be nine and seven and get plucked out of a playoff spot. I would have said great. Yeah. They're, they're kind of meeting the expectations that I had for them last year that didn't come to fruition. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it was a playoff team. You get to the playoffs, you know, you get your ass kicked, you learn a couple lessons, you get that extra week of practice, you get an extra playoff check and you start building confidence. Um, so I, I, you know, could they win? Could they go on a run? Yeah, they could go on a run. This, this team could uh, make it to the AFC championship game, but no, a Super Bowl, I, I don't think so. And, and I, I think, you know, realistically, they're looking at a first round exit or winning that game and then getting knocked off. But I don't know, you know, I mean, Kansas City lost to the Raiders. Pittsburgh also lost to them twice. Yeah, Pittsburgh, you know, I think that they've also been taking advantage of a pretty easy schedule. I'm not uh, thinking that could advantage of it either, quite frankly. I mean, they should have yeah. Anybody that's in the mix is pretty close. I think Buffalo is pretty good. Boy, they look good uh, yeah. Monday night. Monday night they were playing the Niners. I was impressed with them. Yeah. They were me. That, that's probably who I'd least like to play in the first round. I mean, outside of Kansas City. I think as it sets up right now, we'd be playing the Titans in the first round. Yep. That's nice. right. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't mind that. It's, 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 you know, I, best of all from this year, it feels like we have adults in charge who have a plan and are going to stick to it. Ownership that's going to let them do that. And several really good pieces. Yes. You know, an all-league uh, rusher and Garrett, uh, one of the best, the best running back tandem, certainly in the league. Yeah. Really competent, a great offensive line, very competent tight ends, some good receivers. A great top. Other pieces here and there on defense. I'm like, there's a lot to build from there. You're doing it without Odell Beckham Jr. You know, a lot of people yeah. are going to say – uh, that the team is better without them because they were forcing the ball. That, that's, I don't believe that for one. It, he he is an awesome player with incredible skills, and just having him on the field makes defenses, you know, have to key on him, which opens stuff up for everybody else. But you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are just so fun. For, forget about so, running backs. Those guys are just great football players. Jarvis Landry, I'd throw him in there too. Those, yeah, those guys, they just play hard. They're physical. They're smart. I mean, they're every team would want guys like that on their team. And Grant, you you know, I we were talking about this offline the other day. It is not fashionable in the NFL and like uh analytic circles to throw money at running backs, but I feel like we throw whatever we need to throw at. Nick Chubb to keep him here, right? A thousand percent. Right? Yeah, I think. I, I mean, if they don't, they will be crucified because there is room. The Browns have plenty of room in their cap, mm-hmm. um, but they better. You know, that's been one of the mistakes historically the Browns have made is not retaining talented players. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz. Um, oh, who was the center that played with Schwartz that went to the Falcons? Mac. Yeah, Mac. Alex Mack. Alex Mack. Um, There's a lot of good, even what's this is like not these are lesser players. I'm not trying to compare this to, but that dude um 
Nassib, Carl Nassib. Is that how you say his last name? Nassib? Nassib? Yeah, you know who fuck knows. <laughs> he got cut in he got cut in the hard knock season, but that dude's been playing in the yeah. a lot. Jordan Flair um, is one of the best safeties in the league right now. Oh god. All those guys. Who's who's the um who's the offensive lineman we drafted in the first round and cut two years later that ended up on the Chiefs? Yeah, he he turned out he's not so good. Um, he's playing like Danny Shelton was a uh, won a Super Bowl, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's not about not paying guys. That's more about just not developing talent appropriately. Yeah. It feels like we're that perhaps those days are over. I mean, we've we've all worked in organizations um, where we we felt appreciated, and other organizations where we haven't felt appreciated. And you know that 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 has a real impact on morale. And you know, I, I don't think you can just pretend like that doesn't exist in a, a professional football team. When the guy is doing what Nick Chubb is doing, if he doesn't get rewarded, you're going to have 52 other guys on that roster shaking their head like, what is going on? So, yeah, yeah I, I think that you, you're going to have to open up your checkbook and probably pay him more than Andrew Barry wants to pay a running back to keep him around. Yeah. And he feels different to me than an Ezekiel Elliott, both in his who he is um, as a human being and, and the relationship he has to the other players on the team. I, that's the latest. That's the last guy I can think of. There was a running back that signed a huge contract like that. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe I'm talking myself into this, but it it, it feels different to me. Chubb. Absolutely. And the the real luxury is Kareem Hunt's on a very affordable deal. Oh, oh yeah. And I love having that one-two punch. You called it out that that screen pass, uh, Grant, in this Titan game that he just totally. Reread and busted the other way on it was incredible. That was an amazing play. Maybe a game saving play in retrospect. I'll tell you the play that I was most impressed that he made after that Baker fumble in the fourth quarter when the game was allegedly in hand. He ran all the way back to tackle that guy before he scored a touchdown. Uh And it's those, you know, plays where the don't show up. I mean, this is so cliche that don't show up on the stat sheet that uh, really, you know, what. People, people on the team are going to watch that on the film, and they're going to recognize that and appreciate it. And that—that's what makes a leader on a football team—is—is is those types of plays. And to have a guy like him that's doing it, who's taking a reduced role—I mean, that guy was, uh, you know, offensive MVP candidate with the Chiefs, and he's got all that's the league in rushing. And, and he's taking a back seat, you know, for the better of the team. Uh, you know, people were, are going to respect that. Yeah. I respect it as a fan. Yeah. Who cares that he kicked that woman, Grant? She She had it coming. She (laughs) had it coming. (laughs) We saw the video. (laughs) Who? Who? Honestly, okay, you know this is uh, this is a safe space, but who hasn't been it? (laughs) I'm not sure how safe this is, Grant. Uh, Gonna step in here on my. company accounts that's recording this uh, <laughs> no i mean outside of that uh lapse of judgment uh, yes 
you know, he's been a model citizen. Well, yeah, maybe he's had a couple laps of judgment, but you know, he, I'm not hiring him to uh, run my children's daycare. You know, he, he's a running back in the NFL and he's great at it. And, and he seems like a, you know, an otherwise decent person as far as, you know, I've read in the papers other than those two or three incidents. <laughs> uh, it, it does seem like it really comes back to, 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 to Baker in terms of the long-term uh, uh, makeup of this team. If, if we are able to actually get a, a not maxed out crazy fucking deal for Baker and he keeps playing in this, you know, realm of like, I don't know what, what I'm getting from every week, but like, you know, but it, you know, this is a guy that can help you win. And if you can get him on that deal and then pay Nick Chubb, pay Garrett, pay these main guys, like that's, that's a fucking football team. You, just, you don't need a lot from Baker. Excellent against the Titans. What's that? You know, he was excellent in that last game against the Titans. Really. I mean, he's a, he's a, uh, was it Higgins dropped that pass on the first drive? Mm-hmm. Five touchdowns if he caught it, right? Yeah. And essentially perfect for the half, because I think the other drops were not were you know either throwaways or or, or his other incompletions were either throwaways or 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 drops. Uh he was outstanding. You know, you know what, uh, Grant, you were mentioning about how he hadn't played uh, under center in college and is learning that part of the game. You go back and watch that bomb he threw to Donovan People Jones at 70 yarder. That is from center, and it features such a fucking good play action fake. So good that two of the Titans guys got frozen and had no idea where to go because they didn't know where the fucking ball was. And that's the only reason Donovan People Jones was was like alone, one on one on an island. And it's like it's 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 just so fucking well done. And he hits him perfectly in stride. Like that's. That's work. That's someone who's putting in the work. That's someone who's putting in that effort uh, to get better at something that he didn't have uh, a lot of experience with, and that bodes well for his long-term future. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you listen to other people who actually know what they're talking about, that's the <laughs> one thing that they bring up a lot is yeah. uh, just his commitment to, especially on that play action. I think that bootleg is really working, and it works mm-hmm. because he's committed to selling that fake, and the mm-hmm. rushing attack is so good. Um, I mean, for sure, you know, you're going to exercise that fifth-year option on him. Whereas a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure that was a definite, but now it is. Four games into the season, that's what that's what I was reading everywhere. The Browns have a Baker problem. What are they going to? It doesn't feel like we have a Baker problem right now. No, I'm not saying he's the MVP or anything, but he no. it doesn't feel like we have a Baker problem. I mean, the emotional swings in football are, are wild. You know? <laughs> they really are. He, he sucked. Yeah. Browns suck. And now, you know, Baker is great. And the Browns are, you know, going to go deep into the playoffs. You know, it, it, it just doesn't work that way in reality. But it, it feels that way just because there's so few games. You only have a couple opportunities to prove it on the field. And when you do, I mean, who was the guy that said, you are what your record says you are? Who is that, Dennis Green? Yeah. I mean, he, no, 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 that's Parcells. Was it Parcells? That's a Parcells thing. You are what your record is. So, yeah. Yeah, Dennis Green was, was the, yeah, they are who we thought they were. That's, yeah. that's the right You want to crown them? Crown them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh my god, football coaches. Man. The best. I think you know the the great thing about watching Baker is while he misses some easy throws and two weeks ago he missed a couple of touchdowns which were which were bad, real bad. He also makes some throws that other guys can't make. So you know he has it in him. It's just can you get that greatness out of him and get rid of some of that, you know, sloppy. Yeah. 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 And it feels like we have a, finally a staff around him that will be here for like, Jesus, like Stefanski is a coach of the year candidate as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. He's got to be on the short list and he's not going anyway. He's going to be our coach for the next whatever. You know, we have we can get the Browns stink on him, I suppose, but it feels like we're locked in on this for a while. And that's a, a group that's going to grow around him. And we're finally positioning him to succeed. Also, Stefanski's Stefanski's uh, um, success, uh, I think, just as another feather in my in the cap of the uh, Sashi Brown Truthers Club, uh, of which I am the president of. Uh, he he died for our sins so that the Browns could be good again, and then I, I'm gonna I'm gonna die in the hill. <laughs> what does that have to do with Stefanski? Well, because he was the guy who brought in uh, um, uh, the Moneyball dude, that De Podesta, that that was pushing hard for Stefanski, oh, and it got overruled, and that's why we got fucking Freddie Kitchens. It is amazing that that was the other choice that we we whiffed on it and then got another bite at the apple. It's incredible. Later. It's pretty. Incredible. We got the same guy that we wanted. It's it's amazing. It's weird. <laughs> his grand said, "Thank God we didn't end up with McCarthy." Right. Christ. I mean, that's sort of who people were clamoring for, too, yeah. you know. Uh, as a Browns fan, through all this terrible, terrible football, you know, I can only say I didn't agree with the moves like a couple of times. You know, every time that they brought in a new coach, I thought it was a pretty good move until they sucked. So I, you know, I'm not one of these guys that is going to say oh, I would have done better because I probably would have made all the same mistakes. You know, I, I, I wouldn't have kept Freddie Kitchens another year. I would have fired him too. But um, this Stefanski, I mean, I didn't know anything about Stefanski other than he was a young kid, an Ivy Leaguer, you know. And you're bringing in Andrew Barry, another young guy. I mean, these guys are younger than us. Again, it's alarming, isn't it? It's fucking weird, man. Andrew Barry's what, 32 or something like that? Something like that. Nuts. Nuts. 32? I think that's right. <laughs> what were you doing when you were 32, Patty? God, I think I was having a kid. But that's about it. <laughs> I was making, I was making a bunch of content uh, online for Huff Post. <laughs> He's 33, born in 87. He was born the year of the fumble. Jesus. That's how I think of those years. 1986 is the drive and 87 is the fumble. 89 is the shot. I'll tell you. So, Patty, good news for you. Next week is Monday night, so you get to watch. And I don't know if you saw this. The week after, this is good news for me, too, actually. The week after that, the Giants game got flexed to Sunday night football. Ooh. Which means you can help me. You can watch 
You can probably put it on a screen while you're running the show, though, can't you? That's actually very true. Yeah, no. Generally speaking, I get to watch it on it football uh, while while my show is on the air. It's always uh, playing in the in one of the monitors. So um, yeah, that's true. I'll be able to watch. It, it, it'll be frustrating because I'm <laughs> I have to pay attention to time the show. Of course, uh, but you can still so, something I don't do with this podcast. I don't actually time the podcast. I, I'm the talent here, guys. So um, <laughs> you know, it's one of your guys, it's, Manny. That's your job, and you're just failing every day. Patty, so maybe the drink. <laughs> no, I'm the, I'm the talent. I'm allowed to drink while I'm doing the podcast. It's up to you to keep me on time. Patty, maybe the last football question before we duck out with, with maybe a, a, a Cavs and Browns one, or Cavs and Indians one each. Uh, your buddy Kornacki's doing football now. I saw that on Sunday. It was crazy. I th- I was like, oh shit, has he been doing this the whole time? Uh, That's new one, right? He's good. Yeah, that's totally new. Everyone was excited about it. Like the the company was tweeting out like his appearance. They were all really excited for him. Bunch um, of the nerds, man. Yeah, and, and Karnacki, I believe, gives us a ninety-eight percent chance of making the playoffs. I like that number. Put it on the board. <laughs> Unreal. Oh man, uh, Maddie, I, do we want to have a Cavs and Tribe, or can we uh, can we just dispense them? They're just depressing. Let's, let's get the Cavs, and we can. Check in on them once the season starts in whatever it is, 12 days or something. I mean, Matty, um, can, can you explain what the fuck the Cavs are doing? I, I don't understand this team. What the Cavs are? I mean, they're, they sort of got caught in between worlds, right, when they signed right. the, the love signing. In general, no, I don't know. I'm I, This happens to me, so I wouldn't take it so seriously. I'm sort of optimistic about them this year. Yeah, um, when have you not been? I know. It, it, this is how I go with them. But in – Optimistic means I think they will win the equivalent of 30 games if it was an 82-game season, which I think means 26 games, um, and be fun to watch and feel like there's growth. So I think Sexton is capable of taking another step forward and building on what he was at the end of last year. I think. What about Kevin Porter Jr.? Is he? Uh, what's the situation with him? I don't love him uh, getting pulled over with uh, weapons and weed or whatever he had in his his car and and allegedly assaulting a woman, um, which I think uh, seems like we like that in Cleveland, I guess. Um, I don't love that, but what I saw on the court, I really liked last year. He felt like there was was a lot of, you know, people would say he was our best rookie last year and maybe the hottest talent on the team. I think Garland is capable of doing a lot more than he did last year when he was sort of beat up for a lot of the year and came in off of injury too. Uh, Windler, I'm kind of is going to play this year, Patty. I'm psyched about um, him. I don't know. It just feels like we have a Talk lot of young, young guys who um, will get with the program and are coachable. And we have a coach. Uh, I, I, I cannot stress what a disaster Beeline was as a head coach in the NBA last year. I was like, if you want an indictment of the organization, it's that that hire got made, period. That was You'll remember, Patty, I was, I'm against all college coaches getting hired always. Um, yeah. And that one, yeah, whatever, he was in his 70s, I think, right? He's like especially stinky from the get-go. So weird. She was awful. So like it, it's a, a little bit like a Freddie Kitchen situation, right? We're just getting rid of him and putting in a competent coach. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a little bit of a bump there. So I don't know. I, I feel like we're going to enjoy watching the Cavs this year. They're not going to be great by any means, but I think they will play hard and get better as the year goes on. Do you and think Bickerstaff is going to be the coach for the long-term, Maddie? I have a hard time imagining that. You know, it's it's honestly my um, my bas- 
basketball fandom is so skewed by LeBron that I cannot. What is a long-term coach? So I guess that would be a success. If, if he is the long-term coach, it means we are a decent team that is making the playoffs. And if a couple breaks go our way, has a chance to go far in the playoffs and retains a coach because that's a smart thing to do. I don't know if he's, if that's going to be him or not. I honestly have no idea. I hope so. I have some optimism. I, I, I think it is not unheard of in the NBA for guys to get a couple shots, have it not work out and then settle someplace and, and for it to take hold. Um, and that's sort of where he's been. He was, he was interim coach um, in Memphis and in Houston, right? And it didn't work for a variety of reasons. Um, but he's got a good pedigree. I like what he did with the team at the end of last year and the, yeah. the time he had with them. So I wouldn't bet anything on it, Grant, but I, I, think, I, I think it's possible. I mean, success for him would just be lasting the year and coming back next year. Right. I mean, like, yeah, hundred percent. How how long has any coach lasted? Uh, you know, with 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 Dan Gilbert. Uh, I mean, it's still bizarre to me that he fired uh, Ty Lue, but uh, yeah, I mean, Ty Lue wanted wanted out. He was yeah, Ty Lue was Yeah, I mean, I would want out too uh, in that situation. Um, I, I heard the craziest Cavs stat the other day. Do you know? Uh, that the franchise had won a total of four playoff series without LeBron in its entire history. Jesus Christ. God, is that right? Is it that few during the Price uh, yeah. 40 Nance era? No, it's going to be more than four because we won. Because we've been to two conference finals, right? Miracle at Richfield was a conference final, which meant two series, and the Cavs went to one. It feels like we got enough. We also lost the Bulls in the semis, so so we've definitely won five. Oh, unless, and the, unless the playoffs weren't that there weren't that many rounds when they went to the conference finals at Miracle at Richfield, that's possible. That is possible. I mean, either way, you're right, Grant. It's super bleak, and it's it's such a weird, you know, our economy is based on LeBron James. Um, is is a thing with with that team. And it's, it's very difficult to contemplate a successful future that doesn't involve one. Woof. Woof. Speaking of woof, uh, Maddie, would the tribe be fun or depressing next year? God, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm interested what Grant has to say about them. I honestly, like, I, I have a hard time not rooting for them. It's depressing as hell that we can't resign somebody like Lindor, even though we've known this is coming down the pike for years. It sucks. Or Santana, even. The fucking Royals can, can afford Santana. We can't? Yeah. I mean, I'm less worried about him because I think he's good. Players with his profile sort of fall off, and he is not good yeah, last year. But, but that said, I'm, I'm so impressed with the front office that we have. Um, and I don't – like, other than that we we just played the, the, the two central divisions last year, and maybe they – well, it's it, – a bunch of those teams, seven of those teams made the playoffs. It, it looked a little less uh, impressive after they all got bounced in the first round. Yeah. Um, that said, like, our pitching staff's essentially coming back unless they trade Carrasco. And even then, I feel like we can just produce starting pitching with, with no issue. Yeah. Um, in fact, did you see we non- we tendered uh, that dude Jeffrey Rodriguez that I think we got in the, the Gomes deal that was – he was like – 
he started games for us. He was sort of on the short list, the guys that could fill in. Yeah. So they had an, an overabundance of talent there. Um, the bullpen's looking kind of interesting, too. Bullpen's getting frisky. And on offense, Santana was not good. He was a replacement level on offense last year. And Frankie wasn't that good. No. So do I give him a puncher's chance of coming back and doing something, even if, you know, if they trade Frankie and get some parts that can play next year? It's possible. Like, so that's it's, I have a weird relationship with that team. It is depressing as hell to root for them and just know that you're going to have to say goodbye to guys like that. But I have a certain admiration for uh, teams that can keep it going. And it sort of feels like that's where we are. I don't think we're ever going to ever. Uh, with the leadership that we have in place right now, I don't see us being terrible ever. Well, that would be nice. Uh, I, don't know. Still- I, I sort of feel like there's dark days ahead. I mean, uh, they're going to definitely deal Frankie. There's no chance of him coming back. Yeah. Agreed. Um, the, the pitch- but there's not going to be any offense. You're going to see these guys lose a lot of games two to one next year, unfortunately, which is going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, yes, I hear that. And I think and, and it's hard to imagine the offense being good. But I also – our offense wasn't good last year. And yeah. I don't – I don't know. I mean, losing Hernandez is – we're going to – presumably we lose Hernandez. Although, let's see what the, the market is so weird in baseball right now. Um, so I there's a chance that we can bring back some talent very cheaply. Um through free agency. I don't know. I, I would not say I'm optimistic about them next year, but I'm less pessimistic than I should be probably. Yeah. I mean, it, it's always fun to watch. I mean, the way that that front office threads the needle with, you know, the money that they have uh, is pretty amazing that they, you know, that they can keep on producing these pitchers. Like you said, Matt is insane. I mean, how many Cy Young winners have come through? I mean, nuts. Bauer and Bieber last year. I mean, those are essentially Indians pitchers that both yep. won the sign. I think, uh, you know, uh, Tristan McKenzie looks like a great starting pitcher, or he's got a lot of promise. Um, Savale, he's going to be a pretty good starting pitcher. They're, they're going to have a good rotation. I do think that they're going to deal Carrasco if they can. It's going to be a fire sale. Um, the cookie trade will hurt. And in some ways, hurts more than Lindor, honestly. Yeah, I love that guy. And they're just, they're just really good club. He was never able to be a part. It should he was never be able to be a part of our our biggest successes too. Yeah. He was injured for all of our for our one big run in 2016. It's um, yeah. Are you are you renewing your season tickets this year, Grant? Uh, yeah, I mean, we already paid for them last year, but they just the deposit got carried over. But, I mean, that, that's the one thing is there's so many games that, you know, it, I don't really care if they win or lose. I just like going to the ballpark, you know, hanging out. I mean, that's the advantage baseball has is that it's the one sport you really can go and have a great time, whatever's happening. It's the best. You know, I, I used to love Browns games the most. Uh, yeah, the Browns are still my favorite team for sure. Yeah. And the, you know, if they win the Super Bowl, the city is going to get burnt to the ground. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be unreal. And, and I, you know, I've, I've talked to at least a thousand other people that are saying they're going to that Super Bowl. So the price of a ticket to that game is going to be, you know, 50, 60,000. I mean, it's going to be outrageous. 
but people are are committed to to go to that game. Um, but the fans, like the the experience of going to a Browns game, just isn't as fun as it used to be because people are so damn sloppy. Uh, I, I'm interested to go to the game when there's only twelve thousand people to see, you know, if that's a more enjoyable experience. I bet it might be. It could be. It could be. There's not going to be any lines, you know. Um, I'm sure there'll still be plenty of sloppy people, but they they won't be within six feet of you, which will be good. <laughs> and, and look, I'm not knocking the sloppy people. A couple of years ago, I was definitely one of them. You know, I just I just grown out of it. That's all. I totally get it. I mean, there's also something that's much less appealing to go into those games. The uh, you know, like the Christmas games we used to go to, where your beer is freezing over in your hand and miserable uh, I, I think i got too old for that shit oh my yeah. god I mean, becca was a tool for that shit when when we started i took <laughs> took becca to her first browns game it was the uh it was the san diego chargers uh blizzard game oh yeah we, we tailgated with you grant at six in the morning and i did not check the shoe wear that she had she had sneakers on that was a big mistake <laughs> bad idea she, she lasted maybe two quarters and then just went home. <laughs> and I think Maddie and I stayed and watched the rest of the game. We did. And that was not a good experience. She hates the Browns now, and that's because of me. Um, <laughs> uh, can I just say, actually, it, it, so, uh, Granny, if you've got uh, those season tickets, uh, you know, come this summer, we should be back in business. we got to have a, a Cleveland visit and tribe weekend. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's fucking do it. Yeah, you know, um, one thing about having a marginal team is tickets aren't hard to find, so that right. we will be able to go for sure. Next next yeah. year in Jerusalem, Uncle Granty. Yes. Here's yeah. the bet. I'm in. All right, gentlemen, we call it. Let's call it. All right, that does it for the Cleveland Sports Hour. Until next time, this is Maddie and Patty and Uncle Granty saying. For- for- not bad patty not bad and uh, uh, uh we're gonna say that uncle granty actually did that <laughs> you'll hear that remix it <laughs> fix it in post all right mix it in post <laughs>